0: Hello and welcome to Dining In with Mike and Stacy. This show is about the psychology of weight management and it's our goal to help you lose weight and never have to lose it again. Hello everyone and welcome to Dining In with Mike and Stacy. I'm Stacy and I'm Mike. And today we're going to talk a little bit about who we are and what our backgrounds are and why we have something to say about weight loss. So Mike, why don't we start with you? Tell us about your education and what you do for a living now.
1: So it started when I was in kindergarten. And no, I'm kidding, we're, we're going to start with, I have, a, I have two master's degrees, uh, one in clinical psychology and one in experimental psychology, and I have a PhD in clinical health psychology. And so much of my professional life for the last 20 years has been spent working with health patients and pain patients and if you've worked with pain patients a lot of them have health problems such as obesity or they're overweight or they could lose weight and a lot of the patients i also work with have have things like are preparing for bariatric surgery or have diabetes or have other health complications that are caused by weight so those are the types of things i see on a consistent basis and as a psychologist, one of the things we're supposed to be good at is helping people with behavior change, emotional management, and and those types of things. So what I try to work on is figuring out how to help people with that.
0: All right. And so have you had any weight issues yourself in your life?
1: Absolutely. And, and I think that anyone who hasn't shouldn't be on this program. Uh, so, but... but we, yeah, I think we all have had health issues and weight issues, and I've had uh, my fair share of some ups and downs over the years, and that's one of the things that's frustrating for me. What about you, Stacy?
0: Well, no, Mike, I was thinking maybe you'd tell us about your heart attack and oh. some of those sorts of...
1: <clears throat> well, I had a heart attack, but it wasn't necessarily related to weight. It was related to a blockage in my heart. Um, but I had a heart attack a few well, years ago. Well, that would be
0: related to diet, wouldn't
1: it? Well, it's up in the air. They don't really say those things the same way these days. But sure, we'll say it's related to diet. But it did cause me to think differently about weight. But even before that, I was worried about how do people lose weight? And that was a question that I was asking for patients and and, and for myself because I'm I, I'm a person that believes that anything that I have patients do, I should be able to do myself and learn that discipline or self-control. So those are some of the basics.
0: Yeah, because if you have the experience of trying to do it yourself, you're going to be better equipped to answer their questions about the things they're struggling with because you'll have tried it yourself.
1: Absolutely. I believe fundamentally that we need to practice what we preach. And so I try to do that with my patients and anything that I've had them try, I've tried Beat times before and learned how to do it mm-hmm. were you ever obese? I was considered obese, I think, at one point, and so i'm definitely thirty to forty pounds lighter than I have been at my heaviest weight,
0: okay, and so how did you lose the weight what's been the answer for you?
1: Well, I think that the Stacey, you're getting to two two different things because one of this one of these issues was I learned. I was so frustrated with not being able to get people to lose weight and to not keep weight off myself. So I really absorbed information about weight loss about six years ago and really spent a lot of time reading everything that I could to better understand it. And I think that that's the whole medical system. Uh, The medical system does not have a great deal of training in weight management or weight loss. We have to do it on our own.
0: Yeah, I think you said that like uh, the regular or the average MD has the average MD has roughly an hour of
1: one to four hours in their of nutritional in their, training. Yeah, in their training, so if, and
0: some of that could be wrong if they're still teaching low fat stuff.
1: Oh, right. If they were being taught twenty, thirty years ago, yeah, it was likely wrong because it was low fat, and that's. Just not the way we understand the body these days. So really, you have to learn on your own, and a psychologist is no different than an MD in the sense that we have to we have to learn this stuff on our own. And I took it on myself to to learn as much as I could.
0: Was there a lot of um, weight loss type things going on when you started? I mean, meaning what I mean by that is, you know, was there any buzz about any particular sort of diet, or or was it sort of? I feel like when you really took interest in it was sort of like when everyone was like, well, yeah, we're getting fatter, but we don't know what to do about it. Like, it was sort of the point where everyone was throwing their hands up and saying, what do we do about this? I have no idea. You know, that's what it seems like.
1: Right, and and that was the time that I really took up to reading the different books that I read and reading articles, and then I discovered that there was some people that were talking about things differently, and not just the old Atkins diet or Weight Watchers or whatever it was slim fast at the time what what i found is is there were some people that weren't talking about diets they were just talking about how the body works and that really interested me and one of the authors was gary tobs taubes, t-a-u-b-e-s who wrote two books good calories bad calories and why do we get fat and what to do about it And those books were really about how the body works, and that really created a new thought process for me about it. So not only did I do it myself, but I had several patients lose 100 pounds with various information from that book, just teaching them about how the body works and how insulin is really the problem.
0: Were your patients surprised by the things you were recommending they try?
1: Absolutely. They were not, because at the time nobody was kind of promoting the low sugar, low flour, low carbohydrate diets anymore because Atkins diets had gotten such a bad name and vegetable diets and vegetarianism was coming into full bloom and but people really struggled with those types of diets and low fats were on the way out but people were still very confused about that whole stuff mm-hmm. i guess Okay. But one of the things I found is that it didn't completely work the way I wanted it to work.
0: Meaning doing the low sugar, low flour Yeah, wasn't and enough.
1: so it got me there. It, it helped me lose weight, but it seemed like every year if I just got a little bit off that diet, I would gain that weight back. And then I would always have to lose it again. And then I would hit that pl- that plateau where I'd lose that 15, 20 pounds, but wouldn't really break through that. And then this last spring, I really became invested in understanding fasting because that had started to become a more common thing, um, but still taboo in the medical community. And so I read more about that and was just floored by the how well it worked with what I already knew, and how once you started fasting, it was like, poof, magically your <clears throat> body changed. And you could manage the weight so that it wasn't gained back. And it, and it just changed my whole philosophy. And I got to be a lighter weight than I had been in 30, 30 25 years or so. So, Since we got married.
0: So who was? Was there a particular doctor you were reading with? Were there multiple doctors talking about this?
1: Where, M- what were multiple, your sources? Multiple people were talking about it, but one of the the authors that came up was Jason Fung, who's a nephrologist and works with people with diabetes and does a lot of talking. And he write he's written two books and one of them is The Ultimate Guide to Fasting, which I encourage everyone to read. And those books, and the other one was The Obesity Code, and those books really helped me further take that knowledge that I learned from Gary Tobbs and some other people and really take it a different way and integrate fasting with a low-sugar, low-flour lifestyle. And that gave me the ability to really understand it differently and gave it a way for me to teach it to people and and help them lose weight. And now we've had more people lose 100 pounds or more, and that's a wonderful thing to see that happen.
0: So people might wonder, is your life, I mean, like, are you super austere? Do you really have a super strict diet where you're really, you know...
1: Well, Stacey... Kind of
0: Marshall-like about it? or what?
1: I think you would know better than anybody, and what would you say about that? Not
0: at all. No, it's very... That's kind of one of the most exciting things about this way of eating is that you're really free to do whatever you want as long as, you know, as long as you're keeping... I mean, when I say free to do whatever you want, obviously you want to keep sugar and flour down. That doesn't mean you can never have sugar or never have flour. It means you plan for those times. And when you have sugar or flour, you're compensating for those carbs by fasting a little longer or, you know, like if you are normally just skip breakfast, you skip breakfast and lunch someday so you can have an extravagant dinner or whatever. Um, I would say no, you do not seem to have a terribly strict
1: yeah, eating the, style the only thing that i'm pretty strict about is is that i rarely eat on work days until i come home at night and so so okay. you'll eat
0: dinner you'll skip breakfast and lunch but you have dinner
1: yep i exercise hard every morning and then i don't eat throughout the day and i come home and then i eat Whatever I want, trying to keep low sugar, low flour for the most part during the work week. And then the weekends, I'm a little bit more flexible. And everyone can choose their own patterns. And I think protocol. it's wrong to
0: say you're a little bit more flexible. I would say you're significantly more flexible on the right. weekends. And not so much the flour and sugar, but you have breakfast often yeah. and and lunch. And you usually eat all three meals on the weekends. Yeah. So it's you, a lot harder. It's a lot harder to fast when you're at home. When you have, that's kind of the beauty of going to work. <laughs> right. If you don't bring food with you, most of the depending on where you work, but for most places where you work, you're not going to be eating because there's no way to get food. Right. If you, if you don't bring it with you, you're not. Eating you're
1: not yeah. unless
0: you have a friend who brings way too much food every day. Yeah.
1: And so I still <laughs> eat ga- at gatherings at the office, but I plan for them and I'll. Uh, and I'll plan on not eating dinner after that or whatever, depending on what it is. And and I think that we have exceptions at times where we plan for things and we say, okay, we're going to have pizza this night or we're going to have, we're going to go out this night and, and then we go and do those things, but we kind of plan in advance. And I think that that planning in advance is helpful because then it gives us a chance to deal with the cravings for food while while not having them, but making a plan to eat them the next day. And so you're not just saying, oh, I can eat right now.
0: You Although know, that just, might happen.
1: Yeah, that might happen at times. <laughs> yeah. But I think that now we've we've been able to keep weight off, um, and we're, what, 20, 30 pounds lighter than we were last year at this time, and we don't have to re-lose that weight again. And that's a wonderful thing every year, and I think that that's the fun thing. But I think what we're trying to do with this podcast and with the classes that we're teaching at Marshfield Clinic for employees and their spouses are that we're trying to teach the other side of this, which is the psychological side, which is the part that I think really the patients needed and I think the employees needed is to really understand that other psychological side.
0: Yeah, I think that's why everyone struggles with diets. Any, and like if you're doing, um, say you're doing Atkins or you're doing Jenny Craig or any one of those, it's, it's something you can't keep up for the rest of your life. You're not going to be buying Nutrisystem food for the rest of your life. You're going to have to come back at some point and figure out how your real life is going to work so that you can keep the weight off, and it's really hard to do that.
1: Exactly. I think that's the problem. Mm-hmm. So that's where the psychological efforts come in. To And that's why I would encourage people to not necessarily do some of those organized diets or foods because it's not real life. And sometime it's going to end. Right. And you get, unless,
0: it, unless you're made of money and you're going to be... Or you're Marie Osmond and maybe that's part of your endorsement deal with, right. who she with Nutrisystem.
1: Nutrisystem. Um. I want that endorsement deal, by the way. Um. Can I have it?
0: Um, no, I think there's um, just that's that's the main thing that people ultimately struggle with. One of the things that we've talked about is that it's been noted that people, when they are told that they need to do something for their health, they're pretty good at doing it. Um, if a doctor tells you you need to quit smoking or you need to do um, do something to for your health, do- patients for the most part really try and do it, but what was happening with weight loss was people were trying to lose weight and they were gaining weight. So it just tells us that what doctors have been telling their patients for years has been wrong. And it's, of course, not malicious. They believed that the low-fat... There were were studies, flawed studies, that showed that that was the case. Is that right? That That, that, that that low-fat should work.
1: That is correct. And that's what I think a lot of people were trained on. They were still being told even today to eat less, um, so starve yourself, essentially, not eat much, um, eat less fat, and move more. So exercise. And people were doing those things and not losing weight. Worse gaining. And and, Yeah, and worse gaining weight. And then the doctors get frustrated with the patient saying, you're not trying hard enough. No, the patient was trying hard enough. The recommendation was wrong. And
0: And just, I've got to imagine how... How, defeat, how defeating that must be for a patient to have been doing exactly what their doctor tells them to do and they are not having any success, and then the doctor is upset with them for not having success. Right.
1: And I think that the, the additional thing that we have is that when a person overweight comes into the room or an office, one, the person feels bad about their weight, they know they're overweight, they're frustrated, they're upset about it, and then uh, a doctor who may be overweight themselves, um, or has never, ever been overweight, one of the two, comes in and says, you should do this to lose weight. One hand, the overweight doctor, obviously the patient's saying in their head, well, why don't you do it first and I'll follow suit. <laughs> and then on the, the skinny doctor who has never been overweight, the person says, you don't know what I'm feeling. And oftentimes they don't. And so they, they don't necessarily appreciate how that overweight person has been treated their entire life which is generally pretty damn horrible. And so one of the things I want to do with, with my patients and, and everyone is make sure that they feel like, hey, we're we're in it together. We're going to work together. I appreciate you as a person. I, I don't define you as an overweight person. You're more than that. And that's really important. And then we have to break down some of the other psychological issues, some of which have come because they've been overweight. I mean, we... That is really painful to be overweight, so it really can hurt, and that leads to people struggling emotionally in a lot of different ways. Right. So
0: you've got you mentioned this weight loss group with the clinic. So what are your goals with that? And um, I guess first of all, how how did it come about? And then what are your goals with it? What are you hoping to accomplish?
1: Well, so I think that it came about primarily because Stacy, because she's awesome, uh, because she encouraged me to teach the things that we had been practicing to others. And she really um, said, wow, this is something different, and we should be doing something like this. And I wanted to make a movement within the clinic system to teach employees how to help people lose weight. And what better way to teach employees how to help patients lose weight than by teaching the the employees themselves to lose weight?
0: Yeah, they're going to know it inside and out by the time this is yeah. over.
1: And so we started, we, we people had been approaching me around the clinic about, what I was doing to lose weight, and I was very willing to share it with people. And my patients were <coughs> losing weight and changing, and so staff members around me would would talk about it, and 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 I was teaching other people who work with people weight lo- with weight with uh, weight issues, and we were we're just talking about things, and and, and I just said, well, might as well just do a, an employee weight loss group. You know, our kids are out of the house now, so. We have some time, so why don't we do it? And Stacy wanted to wanted to join in and help out, and I think that was really helpful for me. So, so we started working on it, and and I and I thought it was a great way for us to trial some of the <coughs> techniques and learn some things to see what we could do in a group setting.
0: Right. Um, it's really sort of a goal to make your goal to make Marshfield Clinic a place where we become known, we, I'm not part of Marshfield Clinic, you, where Marshfield Clinic becomes known as as the clinic that really figured out weight loss and really knows how to help patients lose weight because that is probably the biggest health challenge in America.
1: It's certainly, and and diabetes is just over, it's just making our whole system explode. And the number of visits that people require and the health problems that come with that. The
0: complications
1: Oh, and all it's, all that, just, it's diabetes, so yeah. significant. And so if we as a system can understand how to lose weight, all of a sudden we've got this power that other systems don't have. Right. And I, our patients will get healthier. They'll feel better. We'll start interacting with them better. And, and we will then get better. Um, this is an expensive illness. And we need to find a way to, or disease, we need to find a way to treat it. And so I think that by doing some of the principles that we're talking about and really making sure that people understand that low sugar, low flour, and occasional intermittent fasting are ways to lose weight and they're safe and they're healthy. But that's that's only a
0: quarter of the classes. The nuts and bolts of the diet are only... A quarter of what you teach, two of the classes. The rest are all based on what's going on
1: upstairs up, Upstairs
0: in your head. Yeah. yeah.
1: And that, I think, is the important part of how we keep the weight off, is that we have to learn how to change habits. Yep. Make I mean, the, I, think,
0: I think we've talked about how we wish we had been thinking this way when our kids were little. Like we could have been teaching them some of these principles so they wouldn't have to learn it. Like right. if, if it's something you learn as a child, it's it's just how Natural. you live your life.
1: Natural. And yeah. so
0: these people are having to learn, and all of us are yeah. having to learn as adults how to take care of that emotional relationship we have with food that's been so difficult for us to come to grips with.
1: Right. And well, and and you can talk about your your, your own how we use food to manage emotion. Yeah. And.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, it's sort of a <laughs> I can think of the other day. Well, this was a while ago. I got a I got a phone call from uh, one of my children and that like it, it was a it was an angry interaction and the second I got off the phone, I was like what can I eat? And I mean, and I and honestly, I didn't even think it that clearly. It was just like an immediate visceral run to the pantry and see what I could eat there you know what i mean it's just and it was because i wanted to forget about that interaction it was such an unpleasant interaction and so um that's one way and then we've talked about how it's it's all of our entertainment is almost all very little of our entertainment is not centered on food
1: right so we have all these we have this relationship with food that has become dysfunctional and in order to change that we not only have to understand how the body works, but we have to also understand how our mind works and how we change it. And again, psychologists are supposed to be experts in habit change. And so using those principles of how we change habits, how we use self-talk, the cognitive behavioral techniques, how we understand our, how we manage our internal resources to get through cravings, um, how cravings actually work in our body, how we manage the 60,000 thoughts that are in our head every day, and how we manage all those subconscious desires and motivations that that our nonverbal brain is kind of managing and sorting through every day. <coughs> and all of a sudden, we have, we have a big world of hurt coming our way when we're trying to change our behavior. We talked in one of the previous episodes about how if we try to change a habit like showering, how our brain says, nope, I'm not doing it that way. I'm doing it the old way, and that's the way I'm doing it, and you shut up and listen. And we'll just do it that way because those habits are so powerful. And so we really have to understand how we change those things. We have to understand how relapse prevention works, how to, how to be caring for ourselves, most of us have been saying such negative horrible things to ourselves about our body and about our inability to manage cravings that if we don't change that we're screwed because what's going to happen is we're going to we're going to overeat we're going to get angry with ourselves that emotion of anger and it will lead to likely sadness and self self um, uh, loathing, self-loathing. yeah, a great term. And then guess what? We're gonna, we're gonna eat gonna more. Eat. We're gonna yep. eat. It's gonna be
0: like I already ate one pint of ice cream, what's another?
1: Yep, exactly. <laughs> and those not gonna, that
0: I would ever do that.
1: No, you you, you are perfect as we <laughs> yes. all know. Yeah. So that's what we need to work on, is we need to work on a lot of that psychological stuff up there.
0: Right. And so that's that's our goal here. That's what we're gonna do, right? We're gonna help all the listeners get their minds together and get and hopefully conquer this problem and really get over our our overeating tendencies.
1: So, that's what we <coughs> wanted to do tonight is just to tell people briefly about why we are why we're here, why it.
0: we're doing this, what our mission yeah. is.
1: And we want people to lose the weight, keep it off, never have to lose it again. But we also want them to learn how to manage their mind so that they can do that. And Copacombe episodes will be about a lot of the mind challenges that we have yeah. and techniques to overcome that.
0: And by the way, neither Mike nor I are where we want to be weight-wise yet. We're still on our journey. So just so you all know, we're right there with you all. Yep. All right. right. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time on Dining In with Mike and Stacy.
1: That's right. Mike and Stacy. All right. Have a good night.